0: Very Bad Wizards is a podcast with a philosopher, my dad, and psychologist Dave Pizarro, having an informal discussion about issues in science and ethics. Please
1: note that the discussion contains bad words that I'm not allowed to say, and knowing my dad, some very inappropriate jokes. And
0: despite the fact that you are in a position to to be the determining factor, what do you get out of it? You put them first, and they put you last, because you're a chump, a political chump.
1: Look, wait right Just a very bad wizard. Welcome to Very Bad Wizards. I'm Tamler Summers from the University of Houston. Dave, any second thoughts about your
0: non-voting principle? I <laughs> I think we've seen where voting gets this country. <laughs> I sta- I sta-
1: you did your part <laughs> to not make this happen. Is that how you see this? I wish fewer
0: people would have voted. <laughs>
1: Well, there's actually a lot of debate about whether turnout was the problem or whether, um, because roughly the same number of Republicans voted for Trump as has voted, but apparently, like, way fewer Democrats voted for Hillary than for um, Obama.
0: Right. I mean, turnout is only a problem if you want. <laughs> the people to turn out to vote for you. Yeah. That's why, like, the whole get out the vote things are always seem so insincere to me. Like, get out the vote for people who will vote on your side. It's not get out the vote.
1: And some Republicans have known that and have actually tried to discourage voting from certain um, communities.
0: Yes. They didn't bust the Jews in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to bust more Jews in to vote. If you want a <laughs> liberal. Centrist establishment Democrat. That's where the Jews will be your friend.
0: Corners of Florida with just busloads full of (laughs) Jews and like
1: (laughs) I'm David Pizarro from Cornell from Cornell University. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've been getting a little bit of shit for this non voting thing on Twitter. I will say that New York did vote for Hillary,
0: so yeah, I mean, if the question is what I have voted, if I had been in a in a state where it was even a chance, then yeah, of course I would have voted. But like, it's, it was literally like the odds were like one in three billion that my vote would count. I I still think um, that's and,
1: the wrong attitude, but we'll we'll. Discuss I know it's it. strangely
0: moralistic for somebody who's so uh, relativistic for you. But in my truth, relativistic Taylor, for my truth is not the same my, my, as
1: as uh, like everybody just does what they want. In spite of what like the same Harris Twitter followers seem to think. No, it's
0: everybody does what they want if so long as there are enough people that you can call it a culture. And then really don't respect it.
1: And don't try to deflect the blame. Also Okay. All right, so on today's episode we're gonna try to make some sense out of the election. We've had a, a few people asking us to talk about this, but don't get your hopes up. Because we're just as confused and bewildered by the whole thing as everybody else. And then we are going to... We we had a paper scheduled, but if for some reason it didn't feel right to talk about a paper. We wanted to dive into something fictional. And so we're going to talk about the Black Mirror episode, San Junipero. Which is, I would say... Def- almost definitely my favorite episode of the new season.
0: And we We're might gonna... actually get in an argument about that. Okay. Courage your loins. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a good episode. We're not, we won't argue whether it's a good episode. Yeah. We'll argue about maybe what it means. Right. So,
1: let's talk about the election. We've gotten some requests to do that. Have you been just reading everything and then like forcing yourself to stop reading everything about it and then, or have you no, tuned
0: No, I've it? read, all. I've read close to zero would oh, really? um, so we've handled because it differently. I, it, so the morning uh after mm-hmm. so i went i went to bed i didn't stay up like i went to bed with like a shred of hope oh my um, god i, I don't but, understand the people who did that Oh you stayed up till three i stayed up till pennsylvania
1: got called and then it was yeah no i mean i went to bed at one or something right? yeah. like
0: I, I i it was not when i say a shred of hope it was barely it, it would have had to be that like the 100 percent tallies would have really changed things so right. um but i got up i uh, the next morning i saw the headlines like fuck this like i i had to you know get my kid like wake her up get cook breakfast make her lunch get her out to school and went straight to lecture and i lectured to the intro psych course that like eight hundred kids, and like literally five minutes before was the only time I had to even reflect on what had happened, and I I didn't even know this was in me. Where I lecture, there's like a green room because it's a big concert hall, and so I was like in the vanity mirrors, and like I just I st- I lost my shit. I started I started crying. Like I just Jesus. start I really yeah. yeah. And and I already suspect that, like, you're going to have some take on this where, like, it doesn't bother you that much. But, like, i No, it meeting... bothers me.
1: I, I, I okay. Like, yeah, no, we're going to get so into anyways, a big so fight about this. So, I can already tell. No, I want to hear, I, I want to hear you about I your, your I, I do. I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't, I, I, un, I, don't, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't, understand what there is to fight about. It. I haven't even said anything. So, um, I, I went and I was like, I, I'm having to face, like, first thing in the morning, having to face that many students. It's like, do, what do you say? Do you ignore it? Do you, like, um. But I couldn't. So like I I gave like a three minute spiel where like I I was just like, look, collective action fails sometimes for people who are involved. And this time we elected somebody who's racist, (laughs) misogynistic. Uh, I said bigoted, misogynistic and just hateful. And we have to live with that. And all I could say was that there's a there's a reason that individual action matters that like. Right now, we just have to be as good to each other as we possibly can to show the world that this—that we are not the people who our country elected. And so, and I almost broke. I almost broke down right there. And I've been meeting with students and emailing with students, like literally, like all day. I'm so this why I'm so drained all day. Like I just said, I'm going to have open office hours, and I've met with at least fifteen kids and emailed with at least fifteen more. And it's disheartening, Tandler, the outcome of the election. I agree. Obviously, I had a sinking,
1: <laughs> just sick feeling as it was happening. We texted each other a few times. But I, I, I just think that this... I don't know. I, I've really been as disheartened by a lot of the reaction to it on the left. Like, And I think, you know... And I don't want to, like... Honestly, I I have in my notes, like, all these people on Facebook talking about crying. Like, I Uh, I just think that that's just the, I I think that's part of the problem. Have you ever cried after a sports uh, victory? (laughs) (laughs) I've cried when, I I cry (laughs) when things go well. I mean, I'll cry at Simpsons episodes when, like, the family (laughs) is getting together, even though that's kind of what always happens, you know? Yeah, um, I, I mean, but but it's not it's, it's not to... the actual tears. It's more the so one of the, the 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 big source of my sick feeling, aside from the fact that Donald Trump is going to be president, and that fucking Rudy Giuliani has a serious chance of being Attorney General, and Chris Christie could have a big like part in the cabinet, and new. I mean, you know, one thing we're not going to argue about is whether this is really frightening and worrisome for the country that you have this guy. And then, uh, you know, and, and even worse, these people around him, this little cadre of like suck up fucking, but cause Trump seems to me in a separate category of like, I, I, you know, it's like, it's like, I don't understand him, but I do understand. I feel like I have a more of a take a read on Gingrich and Giuliani and Christie and it's not good but that said one of the things that the the source of my really you know like that sort of sick feeling is we don't un- I don't understand this country like I, I, I thought I you know I talk about like we have to reach out and talk to people but my feeling based on like all the information that i get all the all the stuff i read all the people i talk to was that there was no chance that this would happen and these and it, and so it just really struck me as everyone was talking about the the republican bubble the conservative bubble the fox news bubble but i think that we as liberals and moderates have been li- have been living in a bubble too and Failure to recognize that and break out of it is going to just lead is is going to make things worse.
0: I mean, I I don't I I don't disagree at all that we've been living in a bubble. I mean, the failure of prediction was like clearly it it is but not just the least, prediction, but
1: yes, that too.
0: Well, but I mean, all of the things that you said, right? Like the fact that it was that it was the reasons for the failed prediction are scary but um but what scares me more is just the outcome. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the emotions were like had we braced ourselves for the, even the smallest possibility that this was going to happen, yeah. I think it would have been a, a lot different. I mean, it was just insane to see that fucking little New York Times needle. Um, <laughs> that was the worst. I mean, that was that, torture. That that was was like, 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 it was like, you might as well have been strapping me down, like, right. not in a good way. Like, <laughs> right. So, so, so yeah. Oh, wait, you said um, not in a good way. Not in a good way. Right. <laughs> but peep, it really, you know, the way that I said it, it's like, it's like half of your friends um, secretly were having meetings that you didn't know about. Yeah. And in those meetings, was, they, were, yeah. they were talking... But in those meetings, they were saying some fucked up shit about you. And now that they came out, they, they like, I. it doesn't, of course, of course, you're in your, you're still, Temer, you're still in your liberal bubble. Because all you're doing is reading about the fail, what, like, what went wrong in the election and the failures. And, and you're probably reading a bunch of liberal websites and analyses. But what bothers me more is not the failures of the liberals. It's the p- positive message that that people sent which was basically like a misogynistic bigoted hateful person is all things considered like a better thing for our country right now well and so there there are people who are a- a- actually being harassed right now in the streets like there are racist sh- there's racist sh- I, I, I like have you talked to any of your like brown students about like how they're feeling Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, here it's, it's, it's different
1: here. I think people are uh, so,
0: I mean, there, there are like, I have students, Muslim students who are afraid to come back into the country from Qatar, even though they're Americans. I have, there's a young woman whose family is from a little town in Florida that is primarily white and her family's black and My friend Damani. In fact, I was like, if Tamler pulls some shit, I'm going to call Damani on the line right now because I've never heard Damani hurting this much or this angry about race in America. But black people are getting looks that are turning into comments that are turning into aggressive actions right now. And it's like one big message that is like, fuck you, people. So, okay, like,
1: I guess I don't I I think there is an element of the Trump support that's like that. A big element, maybe like way, way bigger than we're comfortable with. And that was definitely part of the sick feeling. I also think that is that I mean, well, I don't know if Trump is himself. Like, I mean, Trump is a mystery to me in a lot of different ways well, but, I mean, just but, there, like last year he was like telling the north carolina people like trans people should be using whatever bathroom they want to use like he's just right. he's yeah
0: but but he, he's, I mean, he's literally like spin sure, the right? wheel
1: and it'll come if it comes up like deport uh, immigrants and have Muslims sign a registry. He'll say that, and then he'll walk back on it, and then he'll like. But whatever. Like what I'm not defending somebody, Trump. Listen, I mean, just let just yeah, let me finish for why, a second. Yeah. Like, the, <laughs> I I, like I'm not defending Trump. What I'm saying is this whole thing where y- we accuse all Trump supporters of being racist bigots. And, I'm not. Like, I'm pres- not accusing no, I, all I Trump know, supporters of that. I, I guess, at all. But you're saying like Damani and everybody and, and all these people are scared and they see this as a as a vote for racism. And Dude, a vote even
0: for, if it's 20 percent of the people like who are that uh, like my uh, the only thing I was saying is if you had actually talked to anybody who's, I, who's of course actually I've talked to them, Like just all the people I do talk. I live in I live in the most diverse city in the United States. Those are the that, only people I talk to. Yeah. That's why I asked you. Yeah. So you can just fucking tell me if you did. You don't have to tell me where you live all the time. You're always claiming Houston's diversity is some sort of like protection against the bullshit. Yeah, that you're it saying. means I can't like, be racist. I'm a- and
1: and and, <laughs> and, uh, and then I don't have me-
0: white privilege. <laughs>
1: Didn't you see Anthony Bourdain's um, like kitchen show about Houston or whatever?
0: I think it's going to turn out that you live in Waco. <laughs> like we just never double checked. <laughs> we never actually it's True, there. You never visited. It- You've never visited even <laughs> once. It's because you don't invite Hispanic people to your house. You just use me as evidence that you're not racist. <laughs> but, I... <laughs> but no, look, you're you're right. Like There's obviously like so much to talk about here. One big thing is that I think that we completely, as liberal elite people, we completely ignored a whole segment of people and we can't just accuse all the people who voted for Trump as being racist and, and chalk it up to good versus evil. That's bullshit. But the part that I'm trying to emphasize right now is that there are yeah, actually people who are being threatened who are, yes. are afraid of their safety there are people who have family whose immigration status is up in the air uh, that, and they're yeah. really really worried and and it's it's not a good time and i think that even if the even if 49 or you know whatever like 99 percent of all the people who voted for trump didn't think they were voting in that way it still sent the signal it's it's still an action that sent a signal that said like but but like literally, like if Trump had been spewing hatred toward Jews and claiming that he was going to get all of the Jews out of the country, that's how Mexican people are feeling right now. Yeah. No, look, I, I agree. Like that's the worst part
1: of it. And I that's that's horrible. The, I will say, though, and, and, that like the, the Hispanic vote was much higher for Trump than it was for Romney. And yeah, but not than it was for Clinton. I mean, that's oh you, no no, no not than it was for Clinton. This, but the but she yeah. got a much lower share of the vo- of the Hispanic vote than yeah.
0: uh, than Obama did. But not all Hispanics are Mexican. You got to understand that much, right? Right. So like, there no, are a I, lot, like, I, I I have fa- yeah. I have family who who voted for Trump that I'm ashamed to talk about. Um, and they're Hispanic, like but, immigrants or whatever. They're just. There. But look, they're sellouts. They're always sellouts. There are black people who voted for Trump. It's not <laughs>
1: like I like I. I see that's the. Th- it's that attitude that I think is what makes people vote for a guy like Trump. They're not. If, if you keep calling people who vote for the person that you find abhorrent, sellouts and bigots and racists and xenophobes and like that, then that's they're gonna lash out like that. You know, like I. I bet. The, the 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 high number of asians and the relatively high number all things considered of hispanics that voted for um that that voted for trump and the and the and the african americans that stayed home um which is more understandable given that you know Obama like compared to obama like they but I, I I just like like there's a reason for this stuff, and I think a lot of it had to do with Hillary Clinton and less to do with Donald Trump. There's a lot of sentiment that this was not not about Donald Trump. This was just a fuck you to the to to all now, of America I, I know, and all of I American mean, I, institutions. And Trump is a good fuck you to all of that. Like he he I just mean, is. If you're like really sick of it all, if you're sick of what are they sick of? They're sick of like you're in a. So this is not the, the Hispanics, but the people in Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin where this election was uh, decided. They're sick of the fact that they all their manufacturing jobs, all their labor unions, all all of that was just crushed. And the, the Democratic Party that's supposed to care about the working class didn't seem from their point of view to care about them. Like, that's what they're yeah. sick of. And I it doesn't seem to the matter, Democrats... like, whether it's Romney, whether it's fucking George Bush, or whether it's Obama, or whether it's, and, and certainly not Clinton, because they know, like, she's the epitome of the establishment. It's just like, fuck all of that. Let's vote for the guy that said, like, we'll all grab them by the pussy. And that's like, and,
0: you know, the idea that yeah, they're going to care and about having a job. Back. And, ki- and, Vote for the guy who said and kick out all the Mexicans and ban well, all the Muslims. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I so I while I get, like, I totally understand and I've made the same arguments just to people not on a podcast that that the Democrat Party lost control, like, lost grip of reality, really, because we're a bunch of liberal elites, like, who are, who you know, like, who are just not talking to the people who are working at the coal mine for 20 years. We're just calling them racist bigots. I get all of that. But I still think that if you actually, I I hold you responsible for voting in a person who has spewed such xenophobia. I don't care if he really is as an individual xenophobic or racist or misogynistic, although I believe at the very least there's plenty of evidence of that latter one. But it is a mistake to take that anger and frustration and turn it into voting for somebody who has these qualities like it's and and so yeah sure like i don't I, mean, I don't want to disrespect any voters who are voting what they really believe to be true and there are plenty of people who don't think they're being racist but if you're a black man in this country how can you not view their act of voting for Trump and like yelling make america great again as a as a a, a singular fuck you to you and your kind how can you not feel that like you like literally the guy who is saying all of this shit is the person I'm going to vote for because all things being equal like it really bugs me that I don't have my pension
1: no I, I like look I, I but I think that as a liberal Democrat who is appalled by the result of this I think the wrong way of reacting to this is blaming the people who voted for Trump Not that the other side wouldn't have done this, like, just, but the right way is to figure out, wait, how did this happen that for the last two elections, we voted in Barack Hussein Obama, and now... We refused to vote for a candidate over Donald Trump, who was what we thought a long running joke for the last like 20 years, like somebody that that people made fun of somebody that people, you know, that that was a reality TV. Like, how did that happen? How did all of a sudden like think that? I'm tempted to get all on my high horse about liberal sanctimony, and but but I I, I don't even want to do that because like that's part of the problem too. Like saying uh, I'm going to move to Canada, Canada hey, it's Canada. all it's yeah. all bullshit. Like yeah.
0: we see eye to eye about that. Like yeah. I mean, it's like don't say you're going to move to Canada unless you're going to move to Canada. Have you been there? Do you know? Right. Like, like they're not racist and, in and, Canada. <laughs> it's just so well, strange. yeah, I mean, like
1: I mean, yeah. and,
0: but it is a special kind of racist.
1: <laughs> um it, it's a special kind of racist where like if you have very
0: few black people in your country yeah but the kind of racist that we are here involves a lot more black people getting imprisoned and dying so like this for just all a, for all of the things like i i i agree with you that if what we want to do is highlight sort of what the s- failure strategically was it was i think for the democrats to lose their grip on working class white america that is a strategic failure, yeah. but I want to. I I want both things. I want to be able to say I reserve. I still reserve. I think it's a big failure. Whether it's a failure of uh, wh- what sort of moral failure it was, um, I'm not sure. And I don't. I don't think all. Tr- I know Trump voters, and I know that they're personally not racist. But it still is like. I don't mean hyperbole here, but it really is illustrative of. There's a great essay. Damani sent me about like. It's, a black guy who is basically saying, like, make no mistake, like this was a big fuck you to all of Black America. And it and it's hard not to see it that way. And even if you think that you were voting for Trump because he's a good businessman, you are choosing to ignore the things that he said about about outgroup members from his perspective that are are just super duper wrong, whether he means them or not. They're just so fucked up and hateful. Yeah. Like, so we can have both. I think we can have both, right? Like, we don't need to, spot, like, point to... They have four years, you know. They're happy. That's how democracy works.
1: Well, hopefully <laughs> just two years of Congress and their presidency because... Um, like, I think that'll be very important. And I really hope. So, one of the one of the issues has been the kind of passivity of again, I don't excuse myself from it. It's not like I was out there canvassing for Clinton. I did vote at least, but did, think that like did, people did Texas... need to get active. <laughs> Which is very, I think, for for the liberal elite, we, think we we're above a- like getting involved in politics because it's such a dirty, disgusting, like horrible business. But this is what happens when the people who, you know, like think that that they're better than politics don't get involved in politics.
0: But you know, but uh, but, but there, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, there's there certainly are plenty of people both in Obama's two elections and in Hillary's who were out there. I mean, I had colleagues who were driving out to Scranton to like hand out, you know, like last minute, like in some ways putting themselves at risk to hand out Hillary Clinton door to door. Right. right? But what do you, what do you, what do you want want them to do? Like they're doing way more than.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want them to do keep like those people that that's great. And get a message out and maybe like also think about voting for somebody that doesn't epitomize like the establishment, rich banking, like, you know, like the the Hillary thing was really that 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 was such a bad candidate for now. And a lot of the people who are saying this is pure misogyny, that's why Hillary didn't win. A lot of those same people voted for Bernie Sanders over Hillary somehow then it was not misogyny to not vote for her like she was just a bad candidate for the moment and i don't know i
0: i, I but all all that aside like trump is
1: it's like, gonna be I president cannot,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, trump is so much worse it's like really emails versus like grabbing by the emails. Pussy.
1: i don't think anyone gave a shit about the emails it's the it's the it, it's the connections to the establishment, the The idea that this is this whole system that you feel like has been fucking you since, like, trade deals in the 90s, and And I'm not saying this stuff is, like, Trump's going to fix this stuff, because I, I really don't think he is, but... Ever since, like, all your manu- manufacturing jobs have gone, your labor unions have been destroyed, like, and a lot of that is Reagan stuff, but it's, the Democrats had a lot of power in the last 25 years, and they didn't make it better, and they didn't even seem like they cared, and, like, that, so it's, like, like, at, least, but when well, you at ask- least there's a chance here. He, at least he talks like he cares about us, at least. Yeah, yeah and they're uh, not. They uh, have no illusions. They don't think this is a like this is a done
0: deal. But they think at least there's a chance. Whereas with Clinton, there's no chance. I don't know. Uh, plenty of them do think that this is a great first step to like. Don't give them too much of a break just because you're not them. Like, like there are so many smug Republicans oh. who are assholes. Yeah, and no, who no, are out there, and who the and who I- are like. I mean, yeah. and and to think that, that somehow a failed corporate businessman is, like, somehow representing them, it's a, just an error. Like, I understand your analysis, but it doesn't in any way, like, excuse what I think is a huge moral misstep that is going to have severe consequences for, like, this nation. But I, and, I just think it's even like, it's talking like a, about it in terms of excusing,
1: before the election, I was already getting mad When people were saying, how are we going to forgive? You know, once Hillary is elected, how are we going to forgive the Trump voters? It's like, you don't have to forgive them. This is a fucking democracy. That's how it works. But all I'm trying to say is that they they don't like require your forgiveness. It's not their duty to vote for the candidate that you listen, just because they like
0: restorative justice. is probably they've heard you too much talk about like reaching out to the opponents. Can I tell you, I think restorative justice is exactly (laughs) the thing we need right now.
1: Like we need you tell that tell the black men tell that to the black men yeah. talk the they, they need, to, who are talk to, they need being to talk to Trump threatened. voters
0: like currently that- being threatened. They're being threatened by Trump supporters right now. majority of Trump supporters are appalled by that. I don't, I'm not saying the majority of anything. I'm saying that there are black people who are currently being threatened yeah. by Trump supporters. How is that restorative justice? It's self That's not
1: restorative justice. But like, but it, how are
0: you asking them to like reach out to the Trump supporters? I'm not like, asking no, Trump them supporters to, reach to reach out to, to the,
1: the supporters. Trump supporters. I'm asking Trump supporters to reach out to them. No, believe me. The, Wait, the last you people want... I expect not. Well, So
0: when you ask why? i cried like it's not because i give a shit about politics it's because i didn't vote i didn't even participate right right why i'm crying is because of those people right now how many people do you love who are black american mexican american or muslim american who are currently like reeling because they've literally been told as an ethnic group that they are of less value and like i think this is like i I don't think they've been told though if you haven't heard trump's talking about mexicans as rapists like, if he had said that Jews are rapists and money-hungry, greedy people who need to be kicked out of this country, like, he said those very clear things about those people, and you can't unsay those things, and yet we voted him in. Like, like I know that you don't believe, like, I don't believe he's going to actually kick all Mexicans out this week either, but it, Forever. that's not really what I'm saying. Like, all I'm saying is that the things that he said about these ethnic groups are directly threatening and there's no way to like like soften that up. What we disagree about is whether the message
1: of voting for him was in support of that message. And I don't think it, that it was, for a lot of people just, that was the message. It was. But, there,
0: but that's the message that was sent and received like they it was a side effect for them. But you're treating the value of these human lives as like a side effect that you're willing to sacrifice because you think like this guy is going to do better. No, because – That's what I'm they, saying. They don't think he's be-
1: really going to do it. Like the, the Florida people are, are against the wall. Like all the, the 70% of the people in Florida and, and w- a state well, that he won
0: – if they don't think he's going to do it, then why no, no, are they No, no, they said that they're it? not in favor of it.
1: Yeah, they don't think he's going to do it. They think he's full of shit. They think he's full of bluster.
0: No, I know, but but I'm not saying, like, is this guy going to get it done? I'm saying that, like, if he had just said those things about, like, an ethnic group and you were part of that ethnic group, I think you would be having a real different reaction.
1: I agree. I totally agree. The the people I have a beef with, if I have a beef, and I don't even really have a beef with these people, but I think they're part of the problem. All the people who are, like, slamming Nate Silver... And the white, like, rich people who are posting, like, how am I going to talk to my daughter
0: tomorrow about this election as if, like, that was the issue? And then here's— That's all you're reading is white people's reaction to this. Like, and I agree, like, I would get—it drives me crazy. So I'm going to read to you something that yeah. Okay, uh, good. Uh, this is, I will never underestimate white people's need to preserve whiteness again. And this is um, from a website called Very Smart Brothers. Yeah. There is an understandable inclination to believe that by voting for and ultimately electing Donald Trump, white people, particularly working class white people, voted against their own self-interests. After all, this is a man who became a billionaire by swindling and defrauding and sometimes just outright not paying people exactly like them. And there's no real evidence that a Trump presidency will be much different for them than a Trump industry has been. But this is this is not particularly untrue, but it misses the point, as I did it. And in this context it would be the entire election season and today's reaction reminds me of a story about dorothy dandridge while visiting a hotel in las vegas in the 50s the iconic entertainer dared dip her toe into the all-white swimming pool an act which made the hotel management so upset so disgusted by dandridge's toe contaminating the water that they subsequently drained the entire thing now this story has never been confirmed to be true But America's racially antagonistic foundation, history, present zeitgeist, and legacy makes it believable because there are many, 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 many other stories, hundreds of thousands of them, of white people being so appalled and repelled by the presence of blackness that they willingly and enthusiastically did something that would seem to go against their self-interests. And it is with this context that the idea of a pool being drained, a painstakingly long and messy and arduous and expensive process, just because a black person roundly considered one of the world's most beautiful women got her toenails wet becomes a plausible story. Of course that happened, because it happens all the time. In this election, white people did not vote against their self-interest. They may have voted against a self-interest, a few actually, but not their most important one, the preservation of white supremacy. (laughs) This is a great essay, and he says, And please note that I am not including any qualifiers for working-class whites or whites from Rust belt cities or white men or white people who didn't graduate from college or rural whites or Midwestern whites or Southern whites. This is on all white people who are complicit, even if they didn't vote for Trump, because they obviously haven't done enough to repudiate the mindsets existing in their families and amongst their friends. So there is at least like, I don't agree with everything, but like, I agree with this, what it must feel like. Yeah, I I, I do too. Absolutely. And I feel like minorities are On the track of the trolley problem and people are like well yeah let's just divert it to them because you know we got to save ours (laughs) right now i i think that as a purely strategic
1: thing if not a matter of just empathy like feel bad for some of the people in the rust belt too and what's happened to them and how they've been kind of fucked over and and i and i know that they started out at a higher place and i know that like black people have it way worse they weren't like those people weren't brought over here as slaves but it that, but yeah, it, but it, but, centric- it, but it would help to not have them demonized and to recognize that they have interests too and to recognize that you know for people who never went to college and whose factories are closed down and they're now told that they're that they're homophobic and prejudiced because they're a little uncomfortable with the idea of a transgendered person they don't even know what that is going into other people's bathrooms Like, you know, have a little empathy for that perspective, especially since these people are getting fucked over. Family members
0: are addicted to drugs and they're, you know. Yeah, I that sentiment I can get 100 percent behind. And I think that there's there's a way in which choosing what to say at this at this particular moment is is it's difficult because all of those things are true. So. And I was just telling someone today, like, you know, there's like some guy who's been working for 30 years in a coal factory who is like, wait, why am I the bad guy? Like, how is all of this to be blamed on white men? Like what? And I think we didn't do a good job of reaching out to the people who we could have said like, hey, you know what? Poor people who work hard are part of us and we'll listen to you. And but at also, the same we'll time, do policy
1: like our policies actually help you if the rhetoric doesn't like it turns you off. At least, like, know that the policies are helping you. I mean, that's the thing that Hillary could have done a little better is like make it clear, like, that Trump is end up going to be like lowering taxes on the rich and cutting social services.
0: I think that part of my problem is a. Uh, 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 an inability sometimes to distinguish between the people who and i have i have friends who are really educated uh conservative republicans um who really turn a blind eye to all of the really harmful things and, that that trump has said and and i feel like they are they they are not that person right yeah. they're not the person we just described they are being willfully ignorant in a way that's just and I, I don't think Hillary was the solution either. It's people, and I was talking to Devani today. It's like people you grew up with who you're like, wait, have you been having these conversations before? Like when we when we were kids, did you, have you been thinking all this? And and right now, it's like Trump being voted in is is lending a legitimacy to I think a pent up frustration that for some people, even if it's a small minority of of people who support Trump, is coming with like a vitriol, and I and liberal smugness annoys the both of us like crazy yeah. maybe more you than me but but the the vitriol of the sort of angry young white man who who is like one black guy got a job at his workplace and he's like see you know yeah and and i will say even the hypocrisy of many liberals who are in academic departments who are uh, who are in favor of all sorts of liberal policies until it comes time to hire a like. An African-American psychologist or philosopher in their department. And they're like, well, no. I mean, we don't have that many slots. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't. And it's like, whoa. All right. Everybody else has to. There's, yeah.
1: No. There's right. so much. And we're, yeah. No. Nobody gets off the hook in this. Uh, no. I think that's the. And it's, you know, like, I, I kind of swing back and forth. As somebody who does look at all this new stuff to an unhealthy degree, like, Initially, I was drawn, and it's funny. It's a mix, and it's mostly like the further left, like the Glenn, like Glenn fucking Greenwald, and some of these like Jacobin mag, like kind of Marxist people were saying, "See, this is what happens when you fuck over the working class, and all you care about is like mansplaining." And I, I've, I, I, this is how. Freaking crazy this whole thing was. This is what the Trump election reduced me to. I linked to a Facebook post by a partially examined life guy. Yeah. And and his point was, you know, which I generally agree with, just stop like calling people names and racists and bigots and
0: Yeah, but also stop calling them niggers. Yeah, and but, both those things, yeah, right.
1: But <laughs> like the but but but, but Crimea River, what? Well, it, I, I, again, I think that's the it, wrong like, attitude. Like, I, no, it's no, I get like, what
0: you're saying strategically, but morally, cry me a River. Strategically, fine. You're right. Let's be nicer to them. But strategically is really important because Donald Trump is going to be president
1: because people. Aren't thinking strategically; and, and, they're and thinking morally, and they're thinking, well, maybe I was a little smug, but that person was racist.
0: Yeah, but yeah. now Trump is is going to be president. Well, that's thinking morally got him in trouble for voting for third party candidates as well. So it's funny because I, I wanted to like double check um, the, the facts about whether or not it was really true that some KKK people had been marching. So I looked up the Snopes.com because there was a picture that had been posted where it looked like there might be some KKK members marching. Yeah. And the Snopes does a good job of saying, no, in fact, wasn't the KKK that was marching. They weren't hoods or anything. They were just like um, Christian flags and American flags and like yelling out Trump chants. And then and so I'm like, oh, good. You know, maybe this is all this is just like it's going to be overblown and we need to check our facts. And the, the Snopes article ends with a representative from the loyal white knights of the Ku Klux Klan contacted us to say that the group was indeed not involved with the bridge event depicted in the photograph. They are planning their own Trump victory march on 3rd, December 3rd in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I agree with you. I think that call like calling people. These names is. Did us real damage, and it's like funny that we can in one in one episode fight over like emailing people about Halloween costumes, and the next episode we're dealing with like the fallout from like you know this. Um, it, it, it's just that I I don't think any of those. Th- I don't think we should be dicks to anybody, and I don't think that I should I should yeah. yell at people for being racist. But if they are racist, yeah. I, I guess my claim is that it, even if you are voting for Trump, not because you're racist, but because of other reasons you have to know what you're supporting i agree like. and that that that
1: and here's more common ground for us there's uh, a strain of articles that's saying this is all due to the political correctness on campus and while i do think that you know that's been a talking point for some of these Trump people and that Trump sort of rode the wave of he's not politically correct. I don't think that had anything to do with that. And to the extent that it did, it's not because of what's actually going on on campuses, but it's because of how what's going on on campuses is reported as if this thing is like sweeping the nation and all colleges are worried about Halloween costumes and like sushi (laughs) in the cafe. So to the extent that that did make a difference, it's not, it has nothing to do with the reality of college campuses.
0: (laughs) You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that I was telling people, I think it gets to what you've been saying all along, which is, um, the 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 best way that i could figure out what happened was that there was a group of very disaffected voters who just happened to not be disenfranchised so these are people who know exactly what it means to vote and whose families have been voting and who are very very proud of their ability to vote and they have been feeling disaffected and and, and yeah. neglected and what happens when they feel that way they went out and like a thousand thousand people town, you know, yeah. like won this election. Um,
1: and I want to know what effect the Voting Rights
0: Act and that yeah. stuff
1: like getting overturned. I want to know what effect that had. I don't, I don't think it turned it. It doesn't seem like it was that close, but, um, but I, but I don't know that for sure. And like that's something that's really worth paying attention to i will and say would, that the whole electoral college thing like she's going to win the popular vote like those <laughs> are the rules and that's how people campaign and complaining about that is like complaining about well this team won the world series but this other team actually scored more
0: runs right. in yeah. the series like that's just not you know yeah no that's yeah that's that's stupid. Like, come on you, you you complain when it's You Complain about the people who complain about the rules complain about them when it goes there. I mean, also, like, I will also say this that this is how democracies work. Yeah, it it is a shitty form of government until you look at the next form of government that you could possibly have. Like, it's like (laughs) we have to deal with like this. People chose, no, there's nothing weird that happened other than lots of people chose. And that Jason Brennan guy who wrote that book
1: about how we should have the epistocracy or whatever where not everyone's allowed to vote or if they don't have information that's going to get some traction now i think that's exactly the wrong way to to to
0: look at it it's too hard to control that yeah you know access to yeah it borders on in in theory like i would love for everybody who votes to be an educated voter but put in <laughs> but, practice <laughs> you start getting some creepy like IQ tests at the polling place. Shit. And also it
1: just doesn't like none of us are really educated. None of us know like like no. Obamacare like I'm horrified that he's going to cut Obamacare, but what the fuck do I know about it? All right. Um when we come
0: back we we're, we're going to talk about San Junipero. <laughs> Trump like took down his his like build a wall plans, I guess.
1: I mean, you know, like, he said all the right things since he got elected.
0: Yeah. That's the thing going to betray what if he those kicks, people. What if he kicks ass? <laughs> no, like,
1: I think there's like a 0.5% chance that uh,
0: Don't ask Nate Silver. Our nerds failed us. <laughs> <laughs> So before
1: we leave the election, I just got to read this. I I was struck by this. Actually, Galen Strawson posted this on Facebook, and it's since made its rounds on Twitter. But this is something Richard Rorty wrote in 1998, just a prediction about what's going to happen. So I'm going to read it really quickly. Members of labor unions and unorganized, unskilled workers will sooner or later realize that their government is not even trying to prevent wages from sinking or to prevent jobs from being exported. Around the same time, they will realize that suburban white-collar workers themselves, desperately afraid of being downsized, are not going to let themselves be taxed to provide social benefits for any anyone else. At that point, something will crack the non-suburban electorate will decide that the system has failed and start looking around for a strong man to vote for someone willing to assure them that once he is elected the smug bureaucrats tricky lawyers overpaid bond salesmen and postmodernist professors that's you will no longer be calling the shots One thing that is very likely to happen is that the gains made in the past 40 years by black and brown Americans and by homosexuals will be wiped out. Jocular contempt for women will come back into fashion. All the resentment which badly educated Americans feel about having their manners dictated to them by college graduates will will find an outlet. This is from a book that he wrote in 1998. I mean... That isn't that kind of eerie, or am I crazy?
0: Yeah, no. It's. I mean, I pretty it much is, called it. Yeah, that's
1: like saying the Cubs will win the World Series in two thousand and sixteen. I mean, Plato arguably is even more impressive for sort of figuring well, this out in three hundred yeah, like um, ninety nine. I I
0: wonder if the pendulum will will swing. My colleague was pointing out, like you know. We go sort of like mildly in one direction, then in the other, and then a little bit more in the other direction, and then a little bit more in the other. And now is the natural next step to bring Bernie into the. Let's just bring up a, di- a communist. At a certain point, though,
1: like he's got to be too old, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that is a real concern. <laughs> call, y'all. Welcome back to Very Bad Wizards. Okay, we're going to talk about Black Mirror in a second, but first we want to uh, take this moment to thank you guys for all of the support that you've given us. And, you know, even now that I'm catching some more Tumblr-esque heat over email, I extra appreciate that even the people who email or tweet to, like, criticize and even in some cases just to call me an idiot, which I might deserve... It's always just with this. Like, I love the podcast, though. Like, don't be bad. uh, Like, you guys are fucking assholes, but I love it. Like, keep doing it, and it's just so nice to hear because we can get. I feel like like it really is the case that with our listeners, we can have the same kind of relationship that you and I have, but without the actual fighting behind the scenes. Um, Where (laughs) where we can actually get just be honest and tell people we think they're stupid they tell us but they think we're stupid but it's all good it's all good that is even as opposed as like tambler you might be to the term safe spaces that to me we've created a safe space yeah well safest as can be there's like fucking two exit signs that are well lit we check our smoke detectors <laughs> we have like snacks <laughs> yeah. we're wearing bicycle helmets uh all right so thank you for all the support for your for your emails um for your tweets for your um, uh, donations if you would like to support us you can email us at verybadwizards at gmail.com you can tweet us at tamler at peas you can um, leave us a review on itunes you can comment on facebook um if you want to support us in the more material tangible ways, you can click on our support page. Um there's a link to Amazon that you can use in order to support us by just shopping as you would normally on Amazon. We get a little piece of the change. And finally you can be a mensch. Is that is that how you would use the word? You yeah. could be a mensch and or a woman. Well it's kind of a, that, yeah. <laughs> a wen or a wench.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a, a wench. Oh
0: great. There goes all our female supporters. <laughs> On Patreon, which is at com slash verybadwizards. It's also yeah. a link from our support page. Um, and, we and so, really so thank you guys. That. It's yeah. really been an outpouring. And like we, yeah. I think we could use the money. Yeah, um, we need the money. It
1: <laughs> turns out that if you get a lot of downloads, that costs
0: money. <laughs> that costs money. <laughs> um, so- um Yeah. But, so yeah, please
1: but. help us with that, and thank you so much. We love hearing from you, and we we read every email, and we sporadically get back to you, and with our with and over Twitter and on the email and Facebook. And when we don't, I don't know. It's loosely correlated, but very very loosely with you. Just caught us at the right time when we yeah.
0: respond. It, it sometimes is just like. Like shout out to John Munger for writing us this long long yeah. mail, but like I got in a little back and forth with him. Sometimes it's just like, did you piss me off at the right moment,
1: John? <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, coming to H Town actually this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I wish I, I could come- see him, but. I don't think I'll be able um, to, but anyway, the, but like, that's how it is. It's like all of a sudden just something I'm on the couch, I'm watching a, something <laughs> and then like, then I just, but, but a lot of the time it's like you see it, but you have 18 things to do that day. Right. Like I'm
0: canvassing, you know, I'm out there getting out the vote.
1: <laughs> um. All right. San Junipero. So this is going to be a spoiler episode. Let, are we not? Let's not spoil any of the other episodes that we've seen. I've seen just through San Junipero, so I haven't even seen the fifth and sixth episode of this run. I've just seen yeah. the first four. So yeah. I will say that I've liked the season a, a lot. There's no episode that I really didn't like. The closest one to one that I didn't like as much as the others was maybe the first one and even that was Yeah. I thought it was yeah. fine.
0: I felt the same. I, I think that, that 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 first episode was there's something about like the length of Black Mirror episodes that means that if you only have like one point to make, it can really feel like you're beaten or being beat over the head with it. Yeah.
1: I will say that's the only one though that felt like that. The the other ones they were telling a story. Yeah, and this yeah. one especially so here's where you check out if you haven't seen the episode. Let's just right. kind of give a brief kind of rundown of the plot. Uh, I think it does raise interesting philosophical questions. I, 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 I'm surprised that you didn't react more favorably to it because I would think that it's the kind of philosophical questions I, that you love s- more than I do normally.
0: But I should say, no, I, I sound like I'm down on the episode, um, but really there are only two things. I actually really like the episode. I suspect that I have a different interpretation of what what um, Charlie was trying to say. <laughs> Where we have first name first, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> 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 um, and 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 that I thought that the pacing of the sort of early eighties dance scenes was a little slow. But that's it. Aside from that, I really liked it. I think this is a dark. I think this is a dark episode. Oh, interesting. See, yeah. I don't. So yeah, that's I okay. I don't think anybody really did, but yeah. Yeah. So I'm still in my liberal bubble thinking that it was kind of a heartwarming story. <laughs> I know. Story. I just thought, I thought like, yeah. and it wasn't until today when I started re-looking at it that I was like, wait a second. I was like, everyone was writing about this, like, as a wonderful love story. So let's start saying, like, it's so it's about. So I, I actually lo- really like the pacing because
1: really the first half of it, you, re- you had don't know what's going on. You know something's off. Right. So you have this uh, woman played by, uh, named Yorkie played right. by Mackenzie Davis and she's come it's set in the 80s and she's going to this bar and she seems like out of place and just trying to figure out like it's not that she doesn't know why she's there but she also doesn't she seems out of place and she doesn't uh, she says something like I need to try to get my bearings she plays some of these old video games all the 80s music is playing dress Chris soundtrack and, by the way Oh, yeah, incredible. And yeah. she's just and she's dressed as kind of a nerd with these glasses and this like v-neck. Uh and, and she's just not she's not drinking, she's drinking Cokes. And meanwhile you also see this She's um, a square. She's a square. She's a square, yeah. And then you see this woman, Kelly, she's African American. And she seems like a party girl. She's uh, having a good time. There's this guy that's kind of trying to who uh, who hooked up clearly hooked up with her last week and wants to keep it going. And she doesn't. And she just wants to. Uh, she she looks like she wants to have fun. And she uses and and they meet because she uses uh, Yorkie as an excuse to get away from this guy. They start talking, and you just get this sense that something's weird about this place. Like they keep talking about that. There's something special about midnight on Saturday. People keep saying that once midnight hits, it's over, but you don't get the sense that like it's the end of the world. You get the sense that there's something, but there's something. It's like they're all going to turn into a pumpkin. And
0: because it's a, yeah, Black Mirror episode, you're like, Okay, what's going on? Yeah. Like what's Exactly. It becomes clear that
1: the that Kelly is kind of attracted to Yorkie and Yorkie seems kind of attracted to Kelly but very repressed. And they have a scene on the dance floor where Yorkie I, I related to this. Oh my god, did this did this? strike a nerve because that's how I feel every time I'm on the dance floor. Like everybody's (laughs) looking at how lame and Jewish and non- You are no Mackenzie though. (laughs) Yeah. No, I know. Like I'm like the non hot male version of (laughs) Mackenzie Davis. So that they're on the dance floor and she just gets uncomfortable and then Kelly kinda comes on to her. You can tell even when she sort of runs away from it that she is sort of uh, a, that 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 the thought appeals to her, you know? Yeah. And then you also get the sense that something about a car accident is sort of significant in her life because of this earlier video game. And then it cuts and all of a sudden it's the next week and it's back to that same scene. It's li- It's literally one week later. It's also Saturday night. Same deal where this guy is like, trying to hit on uh, Kelly and she says, look, it's over. It was a one-time deal. She ends up talking to some guy with a haircut that I really tried to use. I I used to have. And I try, like people think my haircut sucks now, wait like you should have seen me in high school because that was my haircut or at least the haircut i was going for like that long in the back like oh the, you know short on the sides with the little like i don't know kevin yeah, bacon it is mullet
0: yeah like exactly. um you get the sense that kelly is just like like dude, don't catch feelings like i'm not the kind of person who who is mm-hmm. out for feelings right now like the way that she's treating the men
1: Right. You yeah, and it seems almost cliche, right?
0: Like it yeah, seems exactly. almost
1: like she's just Right. I, it's all a big cliche. Know, a,
0: yeah. It's kind of yeah. all a big cliche a surreal big eighties cliche. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Of the, the sort of shy, nerdy girl, the, the, yeah. the kind of hot girl. Yeah, you know, it's like the break, it's like breakfast club yeah, a little exactly. bit, you know. But they they kind of get together and there's a very sweet scene in the bathroom where um Kelly's kind of clearly punishing uh, Yorkie for resisting her advances the previous week and then Yorkie goes into the bathroom with her and Kelly's kind of playing it cool and Yorkie just says look I don't know how to do this just make this easy for me for me please like I just help me out here and that softens Kelly and right. then they go home in the car, and they like they have sex. And I actually I've seen this episode twice, both times with my daughter. So I, I kind of fast forwarded a little <laughs> bit through, so I don't know if that was like a hot scene or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got the sense just trying to like look like at the little frames as it was going by that it wasn't that hot, but <laughs> I'd call it tender. Like
0: yeah, it was tender. tender. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. the whole, whole episode that's... really.
1: Or or not according to you. But anyway, so again, they, so they so they clearly like each other. They wake up and which I uh, they, they wake up, but it's still before midnight and they start talking. And again, there's this resistance on Kelly's part for any kind of real involvement. And then the next week when
0: Yorkie goes back, she can't find Kelly. Right. And, and you're just, again, and this this whole week thing is like disorienting. It, you're like, very, "Wait, why? Yeah. Like why didn't they meet up in the week or whatever, you yeah. know, at first. And then you're like, "Okay, right. there's some rule that I'm not aware of." Right. And also
1: like this whole thing where they can, where she's choosing clothes and that's a very cool scene also, which I guess you found problematic pacing-wise, but like where she's dressing up like the Robert Palmer like yeah, addicted no, that to was love cool. be- Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: There's a little a homage to to 80s yeah. videos. <laughs> you no, know, I'm yeah. not too young for Robert Palmer videos. Yeah. That was that was like the highlight of like certain <laughs> weeks in like late in like '89 or something. Right. Um,
1: That's how bad it was for teenagers <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that. True. At that it's like the Spice Channel
0: scrambled, or just like yeah. Robert Palmer video, just straight <laughs> Robert <up>. Palmer videos <laughs> of women dressed
1: up like men, <laughs> pantsuit nation. So, <laughs> uh, so then like she's. This is where you realize that something's really messed up about this world. The guy, kind of take who had been chasing Kelly, takes pity. She goes to this like, I don't know, this club that looks like some decadent um, New yeah, York. Yeah, like a I used to s- go to a club like that. It was all in New York. Um, oh, I thought you were
0: talking about the the S and M. But yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it wasn't quite that much. But anyway, but it was like that with like cages and like but anyway, so the um so so that person says you might try a different time. She likes to hang out in nineteen ninety two, like two thousand two, nineteen ninety eight. And then all of a sudden, like you see her in this era this new era and you know, they even though these scenes are very short, you, like you get a little glimpse of that era, the music, the yeah, and he hits the, 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 you over the, the head with, like this
0: is yeah. the era. like he'll like put yeah. it's the songs of the era, it'll he'll like have the date you know like on a sign it, so yeah. he's not even trying to hide the fact because what's what's I think brilliant about the structure is even even if I found it slow, but it really wasn't that much of a complaint was that is that you're you, it's a um, slow reveal. So if something's, yeah. okay, it's weird. It's it's weird that it's a period piece. Oh, wait, it's weird that they have to go home at midnight. Wait, it's weird that they only see each other once a week. Now it's weird that they're time traveling? You're like, what the hell, time travel? <laughs> so at this point, like, he's stacking up the kind of mysteries about what's going on.
1: And, and actually, she goes back first. So it's 1980, and it's Ricardo Malton Bond, <laughs> Um like <laughs> Chrysler <commercial>. Corinthian leather. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, I think he's very underrated. Rich he, has, like, a, he was Khan in Star Trek. Yeah, um, and also yeah. Um, he was the the Naked Gun uh, villain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's so good at that. So she tracks her down, and then you uh, Kelly down. I think in two thousand two, and kind of confronts her and says, "You shouldn't just run away from this. This is bullshit. You don't know what this means to me." they end up hooking up again and this time it's kind of real and then the, the truth comes out that uh, but again very gradually but you realize that this isn't them that there's some other them kelly is saying i want to meet you for real
0: right and is like, saying, these are avatars
1: yeah yeah it's like they're their avatars or something and yeah like they're in a video game and um and then it just cuts to the future like their real selves and you see kelly and she's much older she's in like a retirement home in the future and it's this very benign future like you have Really good health care,
0: so I don't know. Did you strong? feel weird that you were totally attracted to to young her and now you have to decide whether or not you're still attracted to old? <laughs> <Wait, laughs> that's not the same actress, is it? No, no, no.
1: no. Okay. Then you find out the truth. And the truth is that Yorkie was a closeted gay girl. Her parents were very disapproving of that. And one night when she was 21, she got she she drove her car away and she'd never been in a relationship because she was closeted and she got into a car accident was a quadriplegic and really spent her entire life in this bed right and and then you find out that this San Junipero where they were and where they were they kept saying they were tourists is this place where you once you die you can opt into going by like uploading your consciousness into this cloud. And it's this kind of virtual reality. It's this, you can upload your consciousness and live for as long as you want in this world, this San Junipero world. And what they do is they allow you six hours every Saturday to test it out. To see yeah. if you want to to do it, but they don't give you any more than that because, and I think this is interesting philosophically because you have to actually die and be willing to go there before. And they actually
0: uh, say yeah. that like you will if you spend too much time in there, you'll kind of lose your grip on reality. Mm-hmm. So, so they have to. They have like real. It's it was unclear to me whether it was there was also some sort of like constraint just so that because they couldn't handle that many people at all doing it or something
1: so so in a very again very sweet very unblack mirror kind of gesture right it, it turns out this is too complicated but the there's this person working at the nursing home where Yorkie is this paraplegic um woman who has agreed to marry her just so that she can go to San Junipero because her family is very religious and won't let her do that. And She needs the uh, spousal rights for somebody to unplug yeah, her, basically, exactly. to euthanize her. Yeah. He's agreed to marry her. And then Kelly steps in and pr- proposes to her in the virtual world. And so that she can be the one that does that rather than this guy that they barely know each other. Like he seems really nice and he's doing it for her, but she's not a, she's not in love with him. So that's what happens. Like they, but once that happens, Uh, Kelly is still a tourist, so now she's there permanently, but Kelly's still a tourist, and she says she's not going there. And then you find out, you've gotten little clues of this all along, but then you find out that the reason for that is, well, you knew this, that she was married for a long time. Right. But she was very close to her husband. She was in love with her husband, even though she was bisexual, and they had a daughter, and the daughter died, and... The daughter died clearly before this technology was possible. The husband later died, and that was a big tragedy for them. The husband later died, and his decision was, no, I'm not fucking going into this cloud heaven because my daughter's not there, and I'm not doing it. I'm just dying. Right. And Kelly now feels a kind of loyalty. Like, well, if that was his decision. Maybe... I, that's what I shouldn't do either, and and this is actually one of the moral dilemmas of the of of the episode because she, she feels very connected to Yorkie, but on the other hand, she feels loyal to her, her husband, and she feels like what her husband did and the reasons behind what he did was out of loyalty to their daughter. Yeah, and now and, and now she says
0: yeah. and she gets mad at Yorkie and she slaps her and she says, mm-hmm. did you even bother to ask what my life was like? I loved this man for 49 years. Our daughter was 39 years old and Yorkie's like, I didn't know that. And she's like, why you never even bothered to ask me what my life was outside of this place. Yeah. And so she's saying like, I don't even believe she's like, I don't know, maybe they're together, but I don't even believe that anymore. I don't believe that they're actually together. I believe that they're nowhere. And, um, and now basically she's she's like, It's meaningless. This shit is meaningless. Like they're they're nowhere. Like I yeah. can't be with them. Um and so she chides Yorkie and she's really upset. And and yeah. I could see why she's upset, right? Yeah. Um yeah. uh it even though you don't really blame Yorkie because Yorkie's been a paraplegic her whole life, she probably yeah. barely knows how to interact with real people and ask okay. about real life stuff, right? Right. And um but but uh Kelly takes off in a Jeep. Um and and basically crashes but you can't die in this world you can't die so she crashes in what appears to be kind of a similar it's like it's like foreshadowed by that car video game and what you take is like a, a what happened with with the paraplegic accident um that that yorkie went through and so she crashes and goes flying through the window and it was a really well done scene by the way yeah um her flying through you follow her body sort of flying through the air and and lands on the beach but of course she's fine and if, and yorkie's there within like a minute. But you just you just see it and you don't know what that means.
1: No. And then it ends in a very unblack mirror way. And this is probably why I think you're going to say that this is not all that it seems where yeah. it turns out that Kelly decided Hey, yeah, you know what? You know, this is something that is meaningful to me now. I'm just going to do it. It's not forever if I don't want it to be. So let's just have one last good fling and to nice music at the end credits. They're driving in the car
0: and kissing. And, and they're playing Heaven. Ooh, baby, do you know what it's worth? It's worth. Ooh, heaven is a place, a place on But Linda Carlisle, yeah. 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 Um, heaven is a place <laughs> on uh, I, I hope we keep that. in I had that in my <laughs> head actually, like on election night. No,
1: and
0: so yeah, you know, happy ending. By the way, they do a really good job of giving this. Like these are two like '80s looking chicks, you know, like weirdly. Yeah. Um, and it is tender, and they she does decide at the end. You know, you we didn't talk much about the scenes of Kelly being an old person, but she's dying from a terminal disease, clearly. So yeah. she makes the decision to to um that she's ready to transition to cross over into computer land and the last few scenes that are not about them the last scene literally is their little computer chips in this huge like what looks like a modern you know a server farm um where just like walls upon walls of little like chips um that are connected to each other and their two little chips are right next to so- each other
1: What's interesting about this and this is why I say it's very not unblack mirror is this vision of the future at least as I understood it is incredible healthcare <laughs> like where <laughs> yeah. not only do you, is everybody's needs taken care of but they they have people who care about them like right. the, the Kelly has this woman that is you know, attending to her needs and seems to really and Yorkie, who's been a paraplegic for the last like sixty years, has this guy who works at this hospital who's willing to marry her just to. And, and then you have this technology that seems to enable people to have relationships and do things that they were never able to do. I mean, it is. So heaven. Why do you? F- it is heaven, what? right? It's heaven. Yeah, right. It's a it kind is of heaven. It yeah.
0: is like uh, you get to live forever without any pain and suffering um yeah so so okay so so everything i mean it it's it won't take away from the fact that this is sort of a tender story about like you know this girl who never really got a chance to even explore her romantic feelings we she's a virgin like we find that out um and um and it is there's nothing sinister i that i see in their relationship I think this is Charlie Brooker's depressing dystopian view of what if we could make an eternal life that was in a virtual world. And I actually think that there in the episode you what you realize is a few times the point is really made at so the, and this is the heart of I think what what he's saying in that fight where um Kelly's telling Yorkie like did you ever bother to ask me you want to live your life um, in a world that is, she uses some phrasing, like it's, it's a, a meaningless world with no consequences for eternity, yeah. then you go ahead. But for me, like this shit really meant something. And yeah. right after that, she goes and essentially tries to hurt herself, to kill herself. I mean, knowing that she can't. But yeah. it extra solidifies the fact that there are no consequences, and I think right. that the existential message here is: the whole point of life is that we have skin in the game. Yeah. Like, and and when yeah. you look at how San Junipero is actually portrayed, and and in this argument, she also says, "Do you want to be like those dudes, like who are hanging out every weekend at these like weird bars?" And she's and she says, "Who are trying to do whatever they can, like going to that freaky sex club that apparently is like the one that you used to frequent." just to she and she says just to feel something and she doesn't mean physically feel something because we know that you can feel pain there's enough like a, a pain there that like they have a couple scenes where you can feel physical pain uh she really means that like they are not they are seeking something that is by the very nature of this world is impossible to have because without risk without the knowledge that something is going to end you can't that that is what makes something meaningful, right? And this it it's a surface world where you kind of know, uh, don't you in the deep, you don't really believe that they're going to be in love and together forever. They're going right. to get bored of each other, right? Uh, yeah. And how could they not?
1: Because, no, I agree with that. And this is what's so interesting about it. So on the one hand, you're tempted to say, when there's no consequences, and you have these places where people are just trying to, do, like there's no achievement in this world. Yeah. Nobody's like trying to solve anything or do anything that's meaningful to them or everyone's just trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that maybe seems possible is relationships. Yeah. And what's interesting about the episode is you, it, this world, for all its decadence and for all its kind of meaninglessness and purposelessness, it offers uh, Mackenzie Davis, the Yorkie character, an opportunity to have a kind of relationship that she was deprived of having having through just like social like bigotry yeah. but also just like bad luck of having the accident in her real life yeah so so it's like yes it's not real life but for for her it was the only way she could even possibly right experience those emotions
0: it's not even it's not then too unlike the other things where it's like here's a double-edged sword Um, here is, here is what it promises and here's what it could probably never deliver. It can, there's a good reason to have it. But like, if you really think about an eternity in this thing, um, it can't, it can't, and I can't help but think that there is a sense and maybe I'm reading into it, but like a kind of, a kind of tragic sadness that now that this thing exists, people may not value as much their lives on earth because they know. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was my thought too. It's like if you know that that's what's waiting for you, then what's your incentive to yep. like really make the most out of real life? And here's you know? and
0: here is what I think the clencher for this interpretation is the the choice of the song heaven is a place on earth is is I think purposeful. Yeah. Where it's like, no, look, you get whatever years that the universe has given you on this earth. That's where that's where you'll find heaven. Right. and yeah. in fact like it feels like the right decision was the husband's it does and that's an interesting moral question is
1: like i think kelly felt like she was betraying her family a little bit yeah. by doing this and it's not totally clear to me that that she did the wrong thing at all
0: no no in fact i might do it too because like again what's they're dead and if you really believe they're dead like it's you're not really hurting anybody but but at
1: the same time it's kind of like a fuck you to consequentialism <laughs> yeah. like, right. at the same time you do feel like there's something wrong about what she's doing like it's not fully obvious it's not a
0: no-brainer it's like metaphysical junk food it's you know how how like sweet things used to be so valuable to us when we were when we were like foraging now we just yeah. have twinkies we can just go get them like and it's not that twinkies don't taste good it's just that like now, now that we, we don't have to work for them, we don't, they don't, have, we don't need sweet to be like a marker that, that, that they are healthy and good for us. We can just go and buy a fucking carton of Twinkies and pig out. This is like doing that to life. There are other problems that I don't think Charlie Brooker actually was trying to, to do this. The way that they represent that you're porting yourself into this virtual world is by putting these little white electrodes on your temples. And presumably yeah. it's interfacing with your brain. So my thought was, OK, some sort of like a virtual reality thing, like you're, you're entering a world where your brain is you. You are you. Right. So you're walking around in a new body, much like you would be when you're dreaming. But, what it, but exactly you're younger. Is... You're like you're twenty. You're Everyone exactly. seems to be like twenty-four years old. It's like in their prime. In fact, yeah. it's exactly how people think of like what they'll be in heaven, right? They're, they're going to yeah. be at their prime. Like these girls right. are beautiful, right? Like even yeah. the square. Like um,
1: although, like that would be me now. So <laughs> I would be more like <laughs> <you're> distinguished. <laughs> Forty-five, haunted boy haircut,
0: and <laughs> there's no era in which I looked good. <laughs> So, that presumably is your brain interfacing with the machine. Yeah. But now what happens when you're uploaded? Um, You don't need your brain anymore, so it's a full simulation of you?
1: Yeah, well, it uploads your consciousness.
0: I get, I, but, but presumably, it is doing your this personality. in a physicalist sort of way where, where you, it is reading the information of your... Just reading the inputs and outputs that your brain, that your neurons are doing and then representing them digitally. So like I'm it's very different from just plugging in your brain to an interface than like actually abstracting away your your thoughts into a computer program. So I think
1: what it is, you know, it kind of connects to this whole dream of like the 21 Jump Street dream of like. Knowing what you know now, but being in right. your prime, and being, and I think that's the idea is that you now get to interact with the world with your current wisdom, but it doesn't have to connect to your, like,
0: physically neurons because it's all in the cloud. Yeah, I know. It's weird, though, because, like, they, at some point, you don't, if you don't, if you no longer need your brain at all. Then yeah, why do they you even need don't. to interface? Why would they need to interface with your brain now? Like they could just basically. I guess. Well, all I'm saying is that it brings to me to mind the same fears about identity that this isn't actually you. Right, but that's like
1: um, that's always going to be the case with this thing, even if it works to the to to your
0: wildest dreams. Right, if your brain is still alive, then it doesn't raise these concerns. It's th- it's the part that happens after your brain is destroyed. Right, and it well, abstracts yeah, your
1: personality. She's definitely down on the ground. Like they make,
0: a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The people die. About that. All those people yeah. are really dead. Um,
1: All right, so a couple of questions. There was some thought that maybe that wasn't. I, I don't buy this, but she that was just a dream. She didn't go back because you never actually see when she dies that she has the thing on her head. Right, and so you're left to think that before the credits that she just died and that was that and Mackenzie davis is gonna have to figure out like what to do yeah um by herself and then all of a sudden it's almost too optimistic like all of a sudden she just comes out and run out to yeah heaven is a place maybe, on
0: earth the music maybe she's actually in heaven
1: I I don't buy that. What I do think, though, is that in that scene where she slaps her and she expresses her the reasons why she doesn't want to do this, that's the seeds of why this eventually is not going to work out. Yeah. But that to me is not like, that doesn't mean it shouldn't have happened. It just means that it was worth doing while it's
0: going to last. I I think that the most pessimistic story there is that you're making a deal with something that is is false is giving you a false promise. But like at this point, the option is just not existing. So like whatever. Right. But um,
1: which I think is like the Trump voters. It's like <laughs> yeah, this is
0: a false promise, but it's better than nothing. But I I do think it's I I do think that Brooker who wrote the episode is really saying. This is not what you think it is. It's it's not what Mackenzie thinks it is. Like Mackenzie is really optimistic about it. Or but York for it.
1: her, it is optimistic because she has nothing to lose. Like she she this is her life was like repressed gay girl, disapproving parents, and then car accident vegetable yeah even if the sand feels like real sand but it's not real sand and that's kind of chill. like for her it's like yeah whatever like i don't know about the metaphysics of this but this is fucking awesome right i think that is part of the the message of this is that as much as we might start to stress about the authenticity of it this is too much like Robert Nozick's Experience Machine. It's not like we're not achieving anything. Yeah, but that's
0: that's not what I think. Like it's it's less. And in fact, I thought about this. It, it, it's not like the Experience Machine because you have multiple agents who are really experiencing it. So like you are yeah. living in a world. It might be fake. Like you can't die. But I think that that the objection isn't even a metaphysical one. It it is more of like, grant the metaphysics of eternal life with no possibility for for physical pain and death and disease and no nothing temporary you might get to a kind of misery that we would never know <laughs> like yeah. the kind of like limbo sort of you know life that these guys in these bars are living where they're clearly the only pain in fact maybe it's this it's that this is a world where the only pain can come from other people hurting you. yeah and and in that boredom and like what
1: happens during the week we never see
0: that we never you know it's all beautiful and stuff but it's just like all like what you know they can change their outfits with a thought right yeah there is no there is no reason to to do i was wondering
1: about the rules of this world it's not clear like can they just teleport themselves to different clubs or do they have to walk or drive there it seemed
0: as if it seemed as if they drive everywhere except for when when yorkie finds kelly after the accident she got there really quick and it's like it seems as if if she wants to she could just teleport over there because she could also blip into other times right yeah right what Um, so so here's a here's a question for you What, assuming that you stay constant Nothing changes but your appearance and your, but what era, what aesthetic era of that you have lived in in your life would you choose? The Sixties. Huh, interesting.
1: <laughs> well, I haven't, I haven't lived in the sixties.
0: <laughs> Fortunately, that jo- was a joke.
1: Well, it was close. <laughs> <laughs> it was born in nineteen seventy, August. Well, can you go to like Paris in the twenties? Like this is the other thing. It seems like are you just are you just? I was constraining it to stock- your life. Um. oh my life. My my problem is I grew up in this in the era where women were wearing the most clothes <laughs> that they've ever worn.
0: Were you just single in <laughs> Saudi Arabia? Like what
1: <laughs> I, like, pretty much. Like that was that was the eighties in college. It was like turtleneck. Oversized sweater sweaters, like, sweaters <laughs> and
0: sweatshirts. <laughs> there's this reminds me of a hilariously like i think it was a tumblr or something where they all they put was stock photos of women in sweaters holding cups of coffee with two hands yeah. <laughs> like that is like a pretty big genre of stock photography <laughs> and like those big oversized sweaters like mm. And then so you go cozy. back
1: to like you know now you're in grad school and you're a professor and then you see like like how it is now and it's just like oh man I, I see this is drug, driven like. solely by what
0: the women are wearing <laughs> as an interesting interesting insight into your life I was going to go back to the early nineties because like I loved the rap music of that era but you know I'm telling you this like Trump allowed me to say that yes <laughs> you're emboldened. That's what it is. I'm You're <laughs> but, yeah, all
1: right. I got married young, like I'm a, I'm like <laughs> this guy from a small town that got married young. It's the small town. of Boston. <laughs> all
0: right, so yeah, I think I, mean, I like, think what, this was
1: so. So that's what about you?
0: Like, where would you? What, oh yeah, era? the early nineties. hip hop, like with with like yeah. high top like, fades No Vaseline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when that when that album came out, ninety like <laughs> ninety three, um, no ninety one. Death certificate, but also just all of the like De La Soul tribe called Quest 90, 91, 92, 93. To me, is ridiculous as the haircuts were, as uh, re like, I, that's that's where I like, I'm in the pocket there, like, I'm just chilling. Like, I, I, it's um, <laughs> you're uh, smoking indo, he's, sipping on gin and juice. <laughs> um, and maybe a little bit earlier when like, when like people used to airbrush shit onto their jeans. Yeah. Like, like 88, 89, 90. But that's my era now, and trust me, it's not as good as you think. Just Tupac had to be alive in my era. But So so I guess I think that Charlie Brooker was sneaking a, a happy story with a dystopian tale. It,
1: that's what I liked about it. Is yeah. I do think it's a dystopian tale in the sense that it just shows the... This kind of dream that some people have is ultimately something that is, it's not obvious that we would want it, right? It's right, something exactly. that actually might detract from real life. It's- and it's actually something that once you're in it is not going to be anywhere near For most people, what they imagined, and it'll just encourage a kind of decadence and a kind of just waste of time, and the kind of waste of time that we're worried that we're spending too much time doing right now, which is just too much passive, like non consequential engagement. Right. Right. And Um. so, like, or, and not enough interpersonal connection. But within that, he then says, on the other hand, Here's this really nice story. And like these people who are actually using this technology to make a personal connection and one that they could never have made without this technology. Yeah. And that's, there would have
0: been one thing that would have turned it into a true sort of true to form Black Mirror episode. And that is if, in fact, Kelly ended up outright. rejecting going to the world and outright rejecting her because she just couldn't get herself to like connect with another human being and where you would say well like for somebody who's never connected in real life with somebody this is a decent thing but like she is now in this eternal world gonna be the victim of people who can't even be bothered to like care enough to make a connection
1: if it was a normal Black Mirror episode, that would have been an appropriate ending. But there was something so sweet about their relationship and so real and so... Like, that's why I think the key scene for me was that scene in the bathroom where your kids is yeah. so vulnerable just like please just i know that i'm doing this wrong i know that i don't know how to do this right. so p- just 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 help me out here Right. and
0: um that's how i solicit all my lesbian sexual encounters <laughs> i know like, like i took notes there <laughs> cuz i've always wanted to have a lesbian <laughs> encounter so,
1: so that like i don't know that that made me Think that this is that 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 what Charlie Brooker is saying is it's not all one way or the other. Right. It's not all black and white. That even in this chilling new automated technology world, there can be some like good that comes out of it. But it has to be with people who are actually connecting in a real inter like personal way. Right.
0: I still, at the end of the episode, I'm worried for them. Because it would be one thing if she had said, you know what, I really do love her and I want to be with her forever. But she was like, eh, m- yeah. might as well. <laughs> yeah. No, right.
1: I don't know what the over-under is for their how long that's going to last before Kelly just decides to check out, which you're allowed to do. And that's interesting also. Like, what if you weren't allowed to check oh, out? Oh, that would be Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, that's what heaven... That's what people think about heaven now, and that freaks me out.
1: Yeah. yeah, right. And that's that's a totally different deal. But yeah. if you can just do it, and then at a certain point you decide enough of this. Yeah. What if you can check like, out, no- but an- you
0: can never leave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hotel San Junipero. <laughs> Hotel San Junipero.
1: All right, man. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, I like that episode. Have do you have? What's your other? What's your ranking so far? I think that
0: I think that has been my favorite episode. It's a little bit cheaterish because he hits all the right buttons in terms of like like music and and sort of the aesthetic is good. I really didn't like the first one. I I got to say I was disappointed. Um, Yeah, uh, which is basically like, hey, what if Yelp for humans really existed? Like, wouldn't that suck or whatever? Like. Um, it's it's or sort that of a one people shot people app or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, it's yeah. like just a one one trick pony kind of an episode. But and
1: did, it had a kind of phony happy ending.
0: Yeah, it wasn't happy. I don't know why people. Thought.
1: I like playtest. Yeah, know I no, like that one?
0: was it. Yeah, I would say that's the then that then that one. Um, it didn't it w- didn't feel particularly deep to me. Like
1: no, um, but it was but cool. it was good. Like it was and very that cool. was again. It was just. Good
0: performances,
1: uh, and I actually like the third one too. Yeah,
0: yeah, that one you know? we could have talked about. Um, it yeah. would be a little bit similar to the last time we talked about um, yeah. the brain juice episode. Oh, and you know what I did see, and like we we really got to go. But um, uh, a colleague of mine came into my office with this. Do you know the Samsung Gear virtual reality headset? You basically put a phone inside of this headset, and you have a virtual world. And he he knocks on my door and he, he studies visual cognition, so he's like has these gadgets, and he's like, hey, do you like a show called Mr. Robot?" And I was like, "Do I like a show <laughs> um and it turns out that there is a virtual reality episode um uh like a twenty minute short story of Mr. Robot, where you are in Elliot's apartment with him, and he's Essentially, like tripping out, hallucinating that his girlfriend is back from the dead. And it was pretty you awesome. Mean, uh, Shayla? Shayla, yeah. Uh. Yeah. Good. Very good. It was fun. All right.
1: All right. Uh, uh, join us next time. brain you're a very bad man i'm a very good man just a very bad wizard